This is episode number 301 with Ryan Engelhart. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl and Open Wide. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? If you want to listen to my episodes one day earlier than they are released anywhere else, you have to download the app Himalaya and follow my show. Himalaya is free, super easy to use, and has every podcast you can think of. I love that you can leave comments under each episode and even create episode playlists. Make sure you check it out today. just wanted to slide on in here and talk to you about self-love. This is something that I really struggled with in my teens and in my early 20s. I didn't really know what self-love was. I didn't really know how to get it or anything like that. It wasn't until I had my big awakening in 2010 when literally my whole world flipped upside down And I ended up in hospital and I realized that the way I had been treating myself was the complete opposite to self-love. And in that moment, I created this thing called the self-love menu. And it's basically a menu of 10 things that I absolutely love that make me feel so full. Things like watching a sunrise or a sunset or sitting on the beach and then going for a swim in the ocean or reading a book with a beautiful, delicious, organic herbal tea or having an Epsom salt bath with essential oils. Little things like that that don't involve anyone else that just really fill me up. And so I created this self-love menu and it's really beautifully designed and I filled it out and I stuck it on my fridge and every day I did one thing from that list. And that is how I built my self-love. So I have created this self-love menu for you to do the same thing. It's totally free and I want to gift it to you because I think it's so important. It is so important to really build that self-love. So all you have to do is go to melissaambrosini.com forward slash self-love menu. That is it. And you can get your self-love menu for free. It's so beautiful. You can fill it out and stick it on your fridge. And I can't wait to see yours. So once you've done it, tag me on Instagram because I would love to see it. It's such an important thing that we all do is really build our self-love. So I can't wait to see what's on your self-love menu. Rylan, alongside his family, opened the original Cafe Gratitude in San Francisco in 2014, a manifestation of a visionary concept that food, gratitude and love are the recipes for cultivating community and a reverence for the living world. One restaurant grew into seven throughout the Bay Area and in 2011, Rylan and his brother brought Cafe Gratitude to LA. 
The pair saw a huge opportunity in engaging the influential media culture in Hollywood to broadcast a healthier, loving, and grateful narrative across the globe. Today, he is the Mission Fulfillment Officer of Love Serve Remember, the management company that oversees seven Southern California restaurants under three names, Cafe Gratitude, Gratitude, and Gracias Madre. He is responsible for upholding the company culture, values, and business innovations. All restaurants serve 100% plant-based organic cuisine, and they are delicious. He is also the executive director and co-founder of Kiss the Ground, an education NGO working to transform our food system. He is also the creator of the award-winning documentary film, May I Be Frank and co-producer of the Kiss the Ground feature-length film. And his life purpose is to be an expression of love in action. How beautiful is that? I love this conversation. I love being an influencer for Mother Earth. And if you do too, you're going to love this conversation because we chat about how COVID has inspired him and the great things he has done to serve what Mother Earth is trying to tell humanity right now and why we need to listen up and pay attention, how to find personal fulfillment, how to squeeze the most juice out of life, how he and we can restore our planet, for epic gut health, why you need to consider your soil. This is so important, guys. The soil is so important. You're going to love what he has to say on this, how we can impact our earth, how to get the most nutrition out of your food, the best thing you can do today to serve our earth, plus so much more. And for everything that Rylan and I mentioned in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes. And that's over at melissarambrosini.com forward slash 301. And before we dive into this conversation, I want to read the review of the week. And this week, it's a five-star review from Fiona from Happy Dreaming. And she says, Melissa's podcasts are amazing. I've learned so much from her and the outstanding humans that she interviews. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. I hope you know how much value your life has brought to this world. From Fiona. Thank you so much, Fiona. That is really, truly beautiful. I'm so grateful and so honored that you took the time to write this review. And as a little thank you, if you could email me a screenshot of the review, I want to send you my wildly wealthy guided meditation, just as a little thank you for taking the time to do that. I'm so grateful. And for anyone who writes me a review, you also can get my wildly wealthy guided meditation. So all you have to do is send a screenshot to hello at melissarambrosini.com and you will get my wildly wealthy guided meditation. And if you want my bursting with love guided meditation, you can leave a review on Amazon for Mastering a Mingle or Open Wide or both. And again, send me a screenshot. You guys are loving my guided meditations, so I want to get them out there and get them into your ears as much as possible. So if you want either of those meditations, just send me a screenshot to hello at melissarambrosini.com. And now let's get this party started. Let's bring on the incredible Rylan Inglehart. Rylan, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. But before we dive in, can you tell us what you had for breakfast this morning? <laughs> ah, that's fun. 
I skipped breakfast this morning. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have anything. I didn't eat until after lunch. I, I had a really beautiful morning in that we have restaurants, which we'll get into. And we have 650 employees that have been all been laid off inside of this uh, COVID-19. And our whole company is shut down. And many of our employees are obviously, you know, getting government assistance, but some can't get necessarily enough government assistance. And so we started a GoFundMe and a campaign to do a free food pantry for our employees. We call advocates. And today was the first day we did it. And we had about, we fed about 150 families that came and got organic produce, quinoa, tortillas, and avocados and squash and broccoli and cilantro. And it felt really, really good to reconnect with all of our people and just feel this sense of thank you for caring and seeing our situation and and making a difference. And I, I got to experience the reciprocity of providing and receiving the gratitude for providing love and nourishment. And then after that, to the question, I had someone ordered some ramen. And so I had a vegetarian uh, ramen uh, that I had like with some interesting green buckwheat noodles and corn and sprouts. And so that was what I had for, I had for that for breakfast at 2.30 in the afternoon. Yeah. So that was a long answer to my, your question. Oh, no. It's, I mean, there's so many things that I want to chat to you about because you wear so many different hats. And one of the hats that you wear is you are one of the owners of the incredible Cafe Gratitude restaurants. And like you just said, 650 staff. How many restaurants all up do you guys have? So we have six restaurants in Southern California under two different names. Cafe Gratitude is the one you just shared. And then Gracias Madre is our Mexican restaurant. Thank you, Mother. For those that don't speak Spanish, I guess, gracias, Matt. Yeah, so it's really, and that's where we did the the free food pantry today. And that's, yeah, organic, authentic Mexican minus the meat. And so it's really beautiful, fresh, amazing kind of tribute to the three sisters, like Mesoamerica, South Central Mexico. The three sisters are the corns, the corn, beans, and the squash. And those are plants that you can companion plant together in the old world of traditional agricultures, and they had supportive qualities to grow those three crops together. And so a lot of the food is based around corn, beans, and squash at Gracias Madre. I have eaten at all of your restaurants and they're so good. Honestly, they're so delicious. And what you have created is truly beautiful. So how has that been for you to close all of those? Like, I mean, how has this process been for you? Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's been totally surreal. And yeah, I I, I really, it's been a, a continual ocean of waves of just feelings, despair, loss, confusion, sadness. Yeah. And then moments of surrender and trust. And then, you know, a lot of moments of gratitude for that I'm healthy and well, and my family's healthy and well. And yeah, and, and, and then, you know, kind of those, those different waves of emotions cycle through. And yeah, again, I just spoke to, you know, being able to provide resources and support to our people. That was probably the biggest source of suffering was 
that we have this very spiritual and do good, you know, ethos and mission and business and, you know, closing the restaurants very abruptly and people, you know, being laid off and, you know, not with a lot of explanation just because of how fast things were moving, you know, and then not a lot of ability to communicate because you have so many people. Yeah, there was just a a, a big sense that, you know, we let people down and that a lot of people were high and dry. And so that was probably the heaviest thing on my heart. And, you know, about a week ago, maybe a week and a half ago, I was had a morning meditation and I, I got done with my meditation and I was in the meditation. I was asking like, you know, how can I, how can I be of service? How can I be helpful? How can I be a helper? How can I contribute more? And, you know, kind of in response to feeling like, you know, I have a pretty privileged existence and I'm okay. And a lot of people are not okay. And so kind of that morning I pulled this card, which was about wholeness from the, this little bag of little, almost like uh, tarot cards, but they're little chips and they're called runes, Nordic runes. And they'd have different symbology. And I picked the lightning bolt, which had wholeness as the message. And I read that and it, it really was surrendering your will to the will of God, the greater will. And really just asking, how can I be of service? How can I benefit? And specifically dealing with feeling a lot of guilt and shame around not really having a way to take care of our employees in a better way in this time. And then I call, I actually had, we have a, a weekly call with our managers to check in with them, see how they're doing. And I heard one of my GMs who was just in a deep state of depression and, you know, feeling just totally overwhelmed. And, and it was actually in response to his suffering and his sense of apathy that actually kicked me into gear where I was like, you know what, I'm going to give, I'm going to create a, a role and an opportunity for him to take some leadership and actually have some purpose right now. And I was needing him, I, I was needing kind of that reflection from him to get me into action. And so that morning I, I set up a GoFundMe and we, we, we started raising funds. And, you know, I think we've raised somewhere between 22,000 on the GoFundMe and another 20,000 is coming in in another direction. So I think we're probably going to be, you know, raising 50, 50, 60, 70, maybe $100,000 so that we can do a full free food pantry for our employees for the next, however long this goes on. So yeah, today was the first day of that. And uh, it feels really good to be in action towards love and service. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of at the, I'm, I'm, I've just been able to fly through those experiences today and bring that to today's podcast with, uh, with you. So grateful for that. Yeah, thank you. You are an incredibly spiritual, connected, conscious, awake person. You know, you've been experimenting with plant medicine since you were 19 with your parents. You know, you you have very awake parents, which I think definitely influences who you are. And this is really interesting because we were meant to do this interview ages ago. And so I had prepped all of these questions. And then everything that's happened with the coronavirus, I now have all of these other questions that I want to ask you. So it's really interesting just to see how things have shifted. But I want to know, like, what is your spiritual perspective on what is going on right now? We haven't even started speaking about kiss the ground and things like that. So I want to hear what is your spiritual perspective on what is going on right now? What is Mother Earth trying to tell us? I'd love to hear you talk to that. 
Yeah, I'm just going to, I'll preface this with, I'm no expert, <laughs> but I'm, I'm only sharing, you know, my, my, my perspective, my intuition, my sense. And yeah, I, I would say that I, I've been a long time studier and uh, student. And, you know, as you said, my parents brought me into this world, really understanding the idea and the spiritual principles of oneness and that everything is connected, everything is one whole and that we're all cells in one body. And in that wholeness, there is always a balancing act going on, that there's always going to be ebbs and flows and you know, to keep life lifing, there's gonna be, uh, there's gonna be balance. And this, this is something that has you know, been observed in all kinds of ecosystems that get exemplified when, you know, we, 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 in, you know, talking about agriculture, if we just treat nature like a machine, or we just want to have one thing grow on this ground, and we want to have, you know, hundreds of acres or thousands of acres growing one thing, that creates a monoculture, there's lack of diversity, and when there's lack of diversity, there's lack of resilience, and then there's more need for control, more need for, for killing things to keep one thing alive versus in nature that there's this always this balance. I don't know if you saw the film, biggest, The Biggest Little Farm, brilliant film, but basically shows some beautiful, a beautiful couple that uh, had these, this kind of uh, romantic dream of opening a natural organic farm, and they they spend seven to ten years doing that, and they f they're filmmakers, and it shows the trials and tribulations of them trying to get an ecosystem into this homeostasis or this balance, this harmony of you know many different forces all in balance, and so again back to the question, which is my spiritual perspective is that, and again, this, this kind of was a, a, a perspective that I was holding pre-coronavirus, but that human beings haven't had predators since, you know, since we became the dominant species and there was nobody bigger than us. Like, you know, we always talk about on, you know, people say, oh, you, you know, we used to have saber-toothed tigers that were trying to get us and we had to run away from them. You know, we, we haven't had predators, but Predators can only get so big before they get small again. And so, and again, I've seen, I've, I've seen this in agriculture, you know, I've read about this in agriculture where an unhealthy environment will send soldiers in to take those unhealthy species, those unhealthy plants, those unhealthy trees, whatever that environment is holding, and, you know, will we'll decompose those into, back into the, into the natural, into the cycle. Again, I'm not a scientist. I'm not, you know, saying I know what exactly coronavirus is and how it got came to be. But at a, a spiritual level, I think that human beings, it's pretty clear that we are a dominant species on the planet that's not abiding by the rules of reciprocity and balance. And we are taking more than we need. You know, someone said a beautiful poem that said, Lions don't eat all the gazelles. You know, nature, you know, we, we is is consuming, is taking what it needs 
and and then what it what it discards it becomes a a, a source input for nature to continue to work and build and that you know I, I actually just had a a conversation with Charles Eisenstein who I was just telling you about on another podcast and you know I was well I I was up at our family farm when doing the podcast and I just had this really simple insight which is that there is explicitly there is no life without death like you know that that literally they are they are exactly tied that every bit of nutrition that anything consumes whether it's an animal or human or microorganism you know something is being consumed life is being consumed as that life is being consumed it's dying and decomposing and being recomposed into life but yeah that 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 simply you know and 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 a lot of because we're in the middle of the coronavirus and you know there's lots of people at risk of dying and lots of people dying i i want to be sensitive and cognizant to not belittle the idea i mean you know i lost one of my you know best childhood friends just 2 months ago and so you know the 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 experience of loss is is deep and it's it, it's painful and it's you know we want the people in our lives who we love to be there because uh you know that's part of the experience of life is to be able to share in life with those people and you know to for those people to no longer be with us is always going to be a tragedy and sad and a loss and you know scaling out at a high level of looking at you know the whole ecosystem function of our planet yeah i th- i think that you know there's this term that nature bats last and that you know there's this whole idea that human beings nature is going to be fine we're the ones that may you know off ourselves but you know and and again you know, that also is somewhat of a of a not a trite but i mean essentially we are causing the extinction of so many species so yes nature you know as a thing is will be fine but ultimately we're going to our actions and are leading to the demise and the the extinction of many many species so yeah all all that to say my spiritual perspective is that this is a wake up call that we all have been you know many people in kind of spiritual new age communities have been since you know the mayan calendar and you know all these different dates of prophecy and dates of things going to happen and you know what is going to be the shift what's going to be the collapse what's going to be the thing and clearly this is a thing that is changing everything and i i wrote an article called the great pause and part of that article really kind of the favorite my favorite essence of it was really that this moment in time is allowing us to sit and be with ourselves and be in retrospection about who we are and how we live our lives and what do we do with our time and you know we actually are being given like this gift of deep retrospection that may only otherwise come when we're lying on our deathbeds when we're sitting there thinking about our lives and the choices that we made that we're grateful for and the regrets that we have for the things 
that we didn't do or we did do that weren't in alignment with our higher values. And so I think that, yeah, that this moment is really giving us an opportunity if we take it. Again, it's we as human beings have free will. The other thing that I said in the article, and this also speaks to plant medicine, is that the COVID, you know, this this virus has brought humanity to our knees. And um, when we're on our knees, we're humbled and uh, we're connected to that, you know, we're not superior to anything and that we're all fragile and that we all are susceptible to death, sickness and loss. And in that, those moments of humility, there's levels of reverence and gratitude, appreciation, love, transformation that are, that, that are possible. Our hearts can be touched in those moments of being on our knees, humbled by our, you know, our, our, our mechanical mind of arrogance of like, I know what's going on. I'm in control of my life and everything. And, you know, and, and we, we hear stories all the time of whether it's a, a diagnosis or a natural disaster or which ultimately, yeah, again, slows us down, brings us to our knees, brings us into retrospection, brings us into acceptance, and then opens our eyes to, you know, what, what are our choices now? Mm, beautiful. It's interesting. I, I want to read your article, The Giant Pause. I recorded something and wrote something called The Giant Reset. So that's that's really interesting. And I have very similar opinions I, to you is I, I feel like this is definitely such a beautiful opportunity and in time for us to reevaluate every area of our life. Where are we spending our time? You know, everything. Where are we spending our money? Like I know people who would go to the shops three or four or five times a day. And it's like, they, they don't do that anymore. It's like, it's literally reprogramming and reassessing everything. Who are you spending your time with? How are you spending your time? What work are you doing? Like it's reevaluating just everything. And I think it's such a beautiful opportunity. And I also hear that there is people that are completely going the opposite direction and just drinking more than ever and sitting on the couch, just binge watching Netflix and I kind of think, oh, like, don't miss this opportunity. Like, don't, don't miss it. Like, it's such a, a special time, uh, once in a lifetime opportunity to really wake up and step up and step into our full power and our full potential. And I feel like some people aren't slowing down. They aren't getting it. So what would you say to those people? Yeah, I would say, yeah, the, the invitation would be, do you see that more of the same will lead to greater levels of fulfillment or happiness to just, yeah, to watch more Netflix, to do, yeah, to do more of the same of what you're doing, whether it's, you know, overeating, over drinking, over stimulating with, you know, screens. Do you think that is going to leave you and give you a sense of fulfillment. And I, and I, I'm so grateful for the life that I've lived and the privilege that I've had and the teachers that I've had and the guidance that I've had and the opportunities that I've had, because I know, you know, there's, you know, there's even arrogance in just saying, you know, the idea that, Hey, change your mind or shift your lifestyle. Or, you know, I, I just, I, I, I get the difficulty of that because there's certain things I'm completely powerless over. 
you know, I, I've been trying to chew my food 25 to 50 bites every mouthful. And because I want to slow down and heal uh, a hernia that I have in my, in my, in my belly that some Chinese doctor said come, came from not chewing my food. And so that's like so easy and literally I'm powerless against it. I, 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 I try and I, and I, and I put I effort towards it, but I'm, but I'm definitely no, you know, successful saint in the ability to transform and just change my mind about patterns that I have that I've been doing and doing things for a long time. So I know that, yeah, I know that there's no quick fix and there's no just, oh, you know, just change your mind until, until people are ready, until that internal, there's some um, mechanism and some wake up where people get, okay, enough is enough. Yeah, I, I, I wrote this little song that goes, we're all on our way, we're all on our way. Some might go today, but we're all on our way. And that could be seen in that, you know, we're all on our way, we're, you know, we're all, we all will have our last day, we'll all uh, have a passing point where we'll all die and we'll all have, we're all on our way to, awakening and learning and growing. And, um, you know, those, those awakenings, those growth moments are going to look different for different people. And, you know, I don't want to pretend like I have the instructions for other people's awakening. My mom always told me, share love and information and, um, you know, you know, hope and pray that that love and information, uh, can touch someone's heart or speak to their mind and, uh, inspire them to, do something that's more aligned and more healthy and more fulfilling. And so, yeah, you know, again, you know, what's exciting is that, you know, we, we kiss the ground, we, we, we provide uh, different courses and we just provided it, started a course that you can actually register. Well, actually this course there, or this won't come out until later, but yeah, essentially we have lots of courses online. One is a regenerative gardening and lifestyle course. And the numbers of people that are wanting to participate is just exponentially growing. You know, I think we I think we have maybe three or 350 people signed up. And, you know, up in, you know, the last year and a half, the most we could get was like maybe 70, 75 people joining one of these classes. And, you know, I heard that, you know, seed stores are out of seeds all over the world because people are planting more gardens. So, you know, again, I, I know I'm, I'm in a bubble but I definitely have heard in, 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 in my spheres, just people, yeah, people spending time learning new skills, you know, putting themselves out in the garden, growing food, learning how to play piano, you know, just really, yeah, that, that's what I would say. I would say, you know, we have more time, we have more time, we have, we're being given more time than we probably will ever have in the rest of our lives. And if there's anything that you've wanted to learn, give to yourself the gift of, of, of learning that, that new thing. And what an amazing gift to yourself in this time to learn a new skill, a new talent, a new world or body of knowledge. And that would be my, my invitation to those that are listening. Yeah, beautiful. And explore the ones that are there, like explore the ones that have been, you've put on the shelf, you know, whether that's dancing or, 
or singing or painting or or anything that you've kind of just put on the shelf for a little while that brings you so much joy. It's like, let's get those down off the shelf. Let's start dancing more. Let's start singing more. Let's whatever it is and go and learn the thing that you want to learn from scratch. So it's like, you know, a bit of both. For me, I have definitely got down a lot of those things off the shelf that I had put up there that bring me so much joy. And it's made me think about so many different things. Like, you know, I always talk about conscious consumerism and voting with our dollar. And this has made me even more aware. And I was already aware, but it's made me think even more about any time I hand over money. You know, anytime I hand over money, I'm like, do I believe in this company's core values and their ethos? And am I wanting to support that? Like, there's just so much that I've been exploring over these past couple of weeks. And I love that everyone is diving into your courses. So, for those that don't know, Kiss the Ground is also a film, which it's coming out soon, or is it already out? Nope. It's, uh, hopefully, it will have a digital distribution launch partner by, you know, maybe early summer and hopefully being distributed internationally. Yeah, late, late summer. Yeah, it's a feature-length film, hour and a half documentary, really showing and sharing some of the best examples, the best science, and the best yeah, storytelling of regeneration and really that human beings can be a beneficial presence on the planet as it relates to our ecosystem, that we actually can not just be sustainable or do less harm, that we actually can have a impactful footprint on the planet that's actually a beneficial footprint versus a treading footprint. And really just showing that the ways that we farm and the way that we graze animals and the way that we plant trees and the way that we restore ecosystems, that we we can actually amplify and we can actually speed up the process, the biological processes of nature by stimulating it in the way uh, like an acupuncture stimulates the biological processes of a human being by you know stimulating certain points on the body in the ecosystem of the body that regenerative agriculture has that potential to really restore and regenerate a lot of the degraded land, uh, agricultural land, as, as well as wild land that we have on the planet. And it really, it really gives a narrative, a meta-narrative of hope that, you know, human beings, you know, we've been granted this precious, you know, one planet that has all these different species and beautiful environments and plants and and yet you know we're we just see it as resources that are are there for us to consume versus having any kind of relationship of reciprocity and you know we're even branded consumers that's like the human brand is that we just consume and it's just like well how how's that going to last how's that going to how's that going to turn out if you have anything in nature that just consumes you know, it's like a locust culture. It's like take, take, take. Where is the give? Yeah, where is where is the reciprocity in giving, or where is the reciprocity in consumerism? And so, really, the idea that we could have a generation, a regeneration generation that woke up to wow, we're inheriting a dying planet, and that we actually don't want to just do less harm. We actually want to be helpful 
in relationship to the ecological systems on the planet? How do we become helpful? And you know, one of and and one of the ways, one of the big ways, because the majority of the way that we interact with nature, the large majority of the 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 land mass on planet Earth is through agriculture. And so, how do we turn the arguably the most destructive system on the planet to being the one that could be the great redeemer and could actually heal and actually not only heal our soil and bring life back to dead land, but also be a solution to global warming in that we can work with plants, trees, grasses, and work with them in their biological process, which naturally is pulling carbon out of the atmosphere and sequestering that carbon in the soil. And seeing that larger kind of Mother Gaia, you know, biological principle and design our agricultural systems to support that process of sequestration of carbon and keeping the, the soil covered and keeping the soil with diverse crops on the soil such that there's a diversity of biology in the soil because as people who oftentimes imagine many of your listeners are very into human health and wellness and you know we're starting to understand the connections between the health of the soil and the health of our soil which is the gut microbiome and you know really that the biodiversity of species of fungi bacteria in the in the soil bio in the, in the soil microbiome is actually the the source place that we are continuously rejuvenating our microbiome in our gut. And as we've destroyed our global soils and destroyed the biology in the soils and replaced those with synthetic fertilizers and pesticides and just, you know, had soil being this inert sand, silt, clay, you know, part, tiny particles of rock that's holding up a plant and just force feeding chemical fertilizers, then, you know, we're no longer getting replenished by that that microbiome of the soil. And so, yeah, the film really is a story of hope. It's, a, it's a, a beautiful story of how humanity can be part of this great re regeneration. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, a, a, a renaissance of regeneration on planet Earth. And that in, you know, at a, at a practical level in relationship to climate change, that in, you know, 20 years, we can actually start to see the amount of carbon in the upper atmosphere, actually those numbers going down, which I think we're over 410, 415 parts per million of carbon in the atmosphere, those numbers will actually start going down because we're sequestering so much carbon out of the atmosphere into the ground. And the, the great thing is, we mostly see that carbon is like the enemy, but carbon is actually the building block of life. Everything alive is actually and made and composed of carbon. Like if you look outside and you see a tree that, you know, I think 14 or so percent of that tree is made from carbon molecules and all those carbon molecules actually came from thin air. They actually came from carbon dioxide in the atmosphere and then it's been sequestered and turned into a material carbon uh, that then is the tree. And so the, the, the great news is we can start to see, oh wait, the problem of too much carbon in the atmosphere can actually become the solution of more biomass on the surface of the earth and more sequestered carbon in carbon-rich soil, which is actually healthy. So we're basically showing how we can take a problem of climate change, global warming, carbon, too much carbon in the atmosphere, and turning it into a solution and a 
the source of so many different. And again, even if even if climate change wasn't the issue, the ability to do regenerative agriculture has so many other ancillary benefits, you know, all the way downstream on our ecosystem. You know, it's it's the right thing to do regardless. Really excited for the film to come out, and uh, yeah, I'm 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 hoping that it really will be. If if we remember when we saw the inconvenient truth was kind of like a timeline in our consciousness, kiss the ground would become like a new markation on the timeline of really seeing a nature-based solution or land-based solution for how we can reverse and halt climate change. Oh, I love that. What are some things that people can do to reverse this, reverse the global warming? What are some practical things that we can do in our own home today that will really make such a big difference? Like, I want people to feel empowered. I want them to feel like I can do that. So what are some of the things we can do today? Yeah. So, you know, essentially we're, what, what we're talking about is transforming how human beings manage and do agriculture. And so you might be thinking, well, I'm not a farmer, so that's not my job. And so, well, on some level, that's partially true. We, we, and, you know, essentially we're at the very beginning of what I would say is a regenerative revolution. And, you know, the, you know, kind of the, at the, at at very basic levels, you know, you start, we were talking about where am I purchasing my food from? So, you know, we're in quarantine. So, you know, the opportunities right now to really do some investigating, you know, what are the best local organic farmers in your neighborhood, in, in your community that are doing CSA boxes? You can get literally local organic produce delivered to your home and you can actually create a relationship with a farmer and you can start understanding are these farmers taking care of our soil because that really again what we're seeing as you know one of the most profound proactive solutions is shifting our agricultural practices and sequestering carbon into our land and so it really comes down to understanding where our food comes from meeting those people, understanding how they're growing food, and then supporting those, the, those that, are help, that are actually building healthy soil. And you know, you, your audience obviously is probably international all around the world, but we, you know, if we're, we're, I'm in California, we, on our website, Kiss the Ground, we created a purchasing guide to help people to start purchasing food, and we can put that in the show notes, through the lens of how do I purchase food to support soil health? And so, you know, there's, there's, there's that, there's that resource, you know, again, without even that, I would say, you know, going to your local farmers markets and asking farmers, how do you take care of your soil? And then farmers will, you know, they'll, they'll get passionate. They'll, they'll get to actually express if they're passionate about that. If they're doing something really cool, you'll get to learn something. Oh yeah, we do cover crops here. We put compost here. We do, you know, crop integration. We with this, we do rotation of crops. We have, you know, animals come through, and then we have chickens come through after the cows. People will share their practices of how they heal and rebuild their soil, and then you can be empowered and inspired by, you know, that's where you get your certain vegetables from, and you can then start sharing that with your friends, and you can you can have friends over and say. You know, I went and, you know, there's a, a regenerative meal and you could watch a, a little film from Kiss the Ground 
and you can do a dinner party and explain that this meal was created in a way from sources that were helping not only heal the land, you know, mitigate and sequester carbon out of the atmosphere, uh, but also when you have healthy soil, you also have the most mineral density, uh, nutritional value in that food. So again, it's it's holism. It's it's helping you know this larger ecosystem function, but it's also helping the ecosystem function of human health. And so you know that's as far as there's there there is some labels that are helping people identify that regenerative agriculture. You know, everyone loves and knows Patagonia as a, an amazing brand. They joined together with a group, uh, a really cool soap company that many people have heard of called Dr. Bronner's Soap. And uh, they have developed a, a certificate called the Regenerative Organic Certified, so ROC, Rock, And that, I think there's about 80 companies that are uh, have come on board and they're in kind of beta phase of testing, you know, sourcing, uh, ingredients and sourcing foods that are coming from regenerative organic certified sources and farms. And so you'll start to see products that will have that certification in the coming you know, year, years. So that's one thing you can check out. Uh, and then really, you know, I, I would say that, you know, you know, we, we all at this, you know, at this time, especially now, you know, we're all sharing something through social media. So, you know, what is your story? You know, what, what story, what narrative, what are you the voice for? What are you the voice of? And, you know, could you be the voice of Mother Earth? Could you be the voice of regeneration? Could you be the voice of healing and our participation, human beneficial participation on the planet can actually be a solution to so many of our challenges? So to get educated and inspired and involved with Kiss the Ground, we have we've we've built all these amazing materials, courses, videos, curriculums, infographics, and you know our 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 mission is to inspire participation in global regeneration, starting with soil. And so, yeah, we're training people all over the world to be the voice and to be the initiates, the activators, the activists, the advocates for regeneration and for our ability to rebuild our soil and regenerate our planet. And so, you know, that could look like setting up a local compost program in your school or your church or in your in your house. That could look like, you know, getting together with some friends and, you know, planting planting some trees, planting a garden in your backyard, starting to understand our interconnected relationship with with how we grow food. And you know, we started to you know, this has never become more relevant because, you know, we, we, we saw the stores, you know, with this panic and there was no food in the stores. And when there's no food in the stores, we start to realize, oh, wait, food doesn't come from the stores. Where does it come from? It comes from the soil. So, you know, what, what is our resilience plan? What is our plan B if the stores don't have food? You know, we don't have the skills mostly to grow our own food and understand how to produce our, our own nutrients from, from the land. And so, you know, these are great times to get inspired and educated to do that. And, you know, Kiss the Ground has an amazing series of courses, classes to get educated and to get yourself actually practically doing the work. Oh, oh, I can't wait. I I really want to dive into it. You have definitely inspired me. What if someone doesn't have a garden, like they live in a high rise building, they don't have a garden. Are these courses still for those people? Absolutely. Absolutely. We have, we have one course that's literally just called 
soil advocacy training, and it's literally training you to be a powerful, passionate leader with this knowledge and with these distinctions of regeneration and how to rebuild soil. Because, you know, again, I, I'm not a farmer. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an okay gardener. I'm an okay composter, but I'm, I'm a massively successful advocate. I've transformed thousands of people's minds about this being a possibility, this being uh, a good idea, this being a way forward for humanity. And so, you know, everyone listening, everyone has a unique audience and unique group of people that they can influence. And so, yeah, we have one course that's literally just designed to become a, a passionate activist or advocate. So that's, that's really, you're just learning to be a powerful educator on this topic. It's like uh, Al Gore has a, has a course called Climate Reality Project, which is just about training people to be climate change activists. So we're, we're, we're doing the same thing, but more from a solutionary's position of how can we rebuild, regenerate our soil, regenerate our farmland, regenerate our ecosystem function so that we can sequester carbon and we can have that be the solution and the, the way forward for our planet and that we can advocate on behalf of that. Oh, I love this. I'm 100% going to do this. I, I'm really excited to dive into it. When I realized what even just composting was doing, I said to my husband, I was like, we have to get on board. Like, and he went and he got one and we've started doing it just in this last year. And it's brought me so much joy. I don't know why, but it's brought me so much joy. And I have a 14-year-old stepson and he does it and he goes and he gets the leaves and he does it all and teaching him about it and why it's so important. So I wanted to reiterate the importance of composting, like really do whatever you've got to do to get one in your home. Like if you live in, if you rent and you live in an apartment block, ask your landlord, like there are so many things that you can do. So I just wanted to reiterate the importance of that. Please, please, please start composting today. And also eating more of a plant-based diet, really being mindful of the consumption of animal products and just becoming aware of that. And I think so many more people due to what is going on in the world right now, so many more people are eating way more plants, which is just incredible. It's just amazing. But you got to, you know, implement the composting part of it too, because that's equally as important. Like we recycle, so why not compost? You know, well, I hope everyone recycles. <laughs> yeah. And again, just some, some context is that, you know, we human beings were given stewardship over, you know, the, we, we have stewardship over the earth and we take things from our farms and we take things, we, we have all these fruits and vegetables and we have these food scraps that um, we oftentimes just put in a plastic bag and then we put those in the landfill and that becomes uh, methane gas and which is, you know, I think 60 times more potent of a greenhouse gas than carbon dioxide. And when we can properly take those, you know, those things that came from the earth and facilitate their decomposition and give them back to our mother earth, you know, we're really, we're really taking care of, you know, and, and we're coming up on earth day next on the 22nd of April. And yeah, really like, you know, what do we have to, 
what 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 does the wake up call have to look like for us to say, all right, I want to take care of this precious planet in every way that I can. And this composting is really just a way of saying, okay, I'm going to take what could be waste and turn it into fertility. And that really is the nature's design is regenerative. Everything that nature makes and it decomposes, it becomes a source product for something else, a source nutrient for something else. And we have to start thinking in that same way. How can we support nature's design, which is that everything that dies becomes the source of life for something else? And right now, just by putting our you know, green waste or our food scraps in the landfill, we're not facilitating that regenerative process. And so, yeah, it's, it, it really is. I think another thing that people are really getting in this moment is they're they're noticing the birds singing. They're noticing how the sun feels on their face. They're noticing the little things and, you know, the little things called not throwing, you know, to turning my waste into, into black gold compost. You know, I just had a series of Instagram stories that I put where I made, I took both my composters in the back of my house and pulled out about a hundred maybe 150 pounds of beautiful black, rich compost and, you know, put it onto my beds and did a replanting and put it onto my fruit trees. And it was so fulfilling. It was such a, an amazing, and again, it's, it's as, as someone who, you know, has a company and lots of employees and lots of important meetings and blah, blah, blah. Composting is actually oftentimes more fulfilling when I can surrender and really give myself to that activity. It, it's actually one of the most fulfilling activities that there is. Yeah, I agree. It's so rewarding. And you do, you are giving back to the earth. And it's like, I feel like I'm bowing down. I'm like, thank you. You give so much. Like, just look around. Like, you give so much. You give the beautiful sunrises and the sunsets and the trees and the birds and the animals. Like, you give us all of that. The least I can do is give you back you know, like you said, this fertility, and it's just such a simple thing that we can do each day to really give back to the earth. It's so beautiful. So thank you for highlighting that. Actually, I would love to challenge you. On Earth Day, we're we're launching a campaign called Kiss the Ground Challenge. And essentially, we're just saying, okay, we're all cooped up. We want to give you a fun, creative, free outdoor activity on Earth Day, which is go outside and share what you love uh, about the earth and get down and kiss the earth and then say, I challenge and challenge a couple of your friends in your community to go and kiss the ground on Earth Day, or actually we're going to do it of Earth Week. So I'm, but I'm challenging you. I'm calling, I'm calling you out. All right. I'm down. I'm down. Okay. Awesome. Yes. Thank you. That's such a beautiful thing to do. And I can't wait to see that all unfold. So what a great thing to do. I'd love to hear now if you had a magic wand and you could put one book in the school curriculum of every high school around the world, besides any of your books or future books or books that are still to be birthed through you. 
What is one book that you would choose from someone else to go in the curriculum? A harder question than I thought. I think I have a blocker. I, I have learning disabilities. And so I, I read at a very slow level. And so I haven't read that many books in my lifetime. I mostly learn through sort of conversational learning. But the, the, book that, the book that's right there in my heart and my mind, and I think that I use the principles the most, would be The Four Agreements. And, you know, it's just simple. Oh, yeah. It's such a good book. And we can definitely link to it in the show notes. It was a book that I read very early on in my journey too. And yeah, like you said, so simple and digestible and actionable that you go, okay, cool, I'm going to do this. So yeah, I think everyone should read that book, especially in that high school years where you are really stepping into who you are. So I love that. Thank you for recommending that. We'll link to that in the show notes. And then one other would be The Soil Will Save Us by Kristen Olson. That was the first book that I read after I had my awakening about soil and regeneration. And it was like reading a book that was echoing and affirming that which was just learned. And it was like this la 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 (laughs) reading these pages going, Wow. I love it. And it just, yeah, so, so beautifully articulated the potential of regeneration and regenerative agriculture and our ability to transform our relationship to how we manage land and that human beings can be a beneficial catalyst in our ecosystem function. And, uh, you know, one, one example of that that kind of blows people's minds is that the, the Amazon rainforest there's actually a lot of research and science starting to validate that the rainforest was actually shaped, planted by human beings over 11,000 years. That that was a, a human and nature collaboration, which humans and nature are one thing, but just in, in understanding that so the scale of regenerative potential that we as human beings could create and catalyze on the planet is really just so extraordinary. And it, it gives me a lot of hope to see that, wow, you know, 50 years from now, we, we actually saw our role in how to keep nature vibrant and we, we fulfilled on that role and continued to create this planetary abundance through our interaction, which is just such a hopeful and beautiful narrative and vision for us to live into. And again, to make it relevant to this moment, you know, nature is showing us her resilience. I mean, the way that she's bouncing back, the, you know, the, the, the ground conditions, when the ground conditions are right, things can just, you know, bounce back and rejuvenate and regenerate. And, you know, that's, that's with like our, our participation kind of fully, you know, being withdrawn. If we could, we could actually engage at a, with, with the mentality of regeneration that, you know, just the, the potential is so exponential and so extraordinary. One of the examples that we show in the film is this place in China that was a complete barren wasteland desert. 
called the Laos Plateau. And I think my pronunciation is a little off on that, but it's, I think it's 14,000 square miles that was, or 44, no, 44,000 square miles that in 14 years went from a complete barren wasteland to a completely fecund, abundant food paradise of productivity and life and, you know, bringing millions of people out of poverty because when the land is impoverished, the people living on that land are impoverished. When the land is fertile and abundant, people living on that land have the potential to be abundant. So it's, uh, yeah, it really is, you know, the, that, that kind of more beautiful world in my heart that knows is possible. It's just really, I can see and I can feel that. And that's really what guides my efforts and energies around Kiss the Ground is that I can really see this possibility being realized in my lifetime. Mm, beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Well, we'll definitely link to everything in the show notes so people can get on board and watch and do the courses. But I would love to hear now, like I love hearing about how people kind of set themselves up for the day, their morning routine. I know this is a very different time. What are your kind of like success principles and and how do you kind of set yourself up for a successful day? Do you have routines, meditation? Like, what do you do? What's like a standard, typical day for you, even though right now is like not what we're used to? Yeah, I would say, so right now or before, it's shifted a little bit, but my my kind of go-tos in the physical world are yoga. I usually like to get three yoga, you know, yoga classes or yoga hours in a week in the morning before I start my day. I always feel better when I stretch and strengthen my body. And yeah, that's that's been something I've been doing for probably since I was 14, 15 years old. So I've been doing some, and I've gone through phases of Bikram, Iyengar, you know, Vinyasa flow, whatever I, you know, I haven't stuck to one dogma around or one, but just the simple principles of yoga in that there is a bringing my consciousness and my awareness to breath and to my physical body and to to feeling into, you know, how am I feeling? And, you know, this idea that we can stretch and strengthen our bodies at the same time feels and yeah, feels intuitively so important, especially, you know, I, I, I turned 40 this year and yeah, just as, as I, as I observe my body aging and myself aging and observing my parents aging, yeah, just, it, it seems to make a lot of sense to be not only strong, but limber and flexible. So that's been, that's, that's been a part of my life since, again, since I was 14 years old in different levels of, you know, rigorous commitment to, you know, not, not so rigorous, but still in, in practice, in, in, in regularity. I would say I'm, as far as meditation goes, in my mind, I meditate every day. <laughs> uh, in, in, in reality, I probably, you know, three or four days a week, I'll get, I'll, 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 I'll make the time to sit for 15, 20 minutes 
And again, breathe, be aware of, is there a message or a voice or something to be heard? I, I recently have really been enjoying asking the question, you know, how can I serve today? How can I, and just, and, you know, asking and listening, how can I be helpful? What, 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 am, what am I being called to do? How can I be of service? And then as I'm a father, I've been, I, I, again, probably one day or maybe, yeah, probably one day a week, I'll sit down and journal what I'm thinking, what I'm processing, you know, what I'm learning from my son, what have I observed from him that's inspiring me that I want to remember. So, you know, that's a, that's an element, but I would say that the, probably the, the most rigorous part of my practice really has been just how I, how I'm minding my mind all day long, how, how I'm being aware of where my awareness is. You know, I've had the, uh, the great blessing and privilege of having parents that were pretty, you know, conscious and, 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 and understanding spiritual practice and awareness. And, you know, so I grew up in a household that really had me understand that our life is a picture of our mind. And where is our mind? Where is our awareness right now? We, we say that we can put anything on the altar of our mind and depending on where our mind is, gives us a particular experience. And so what am I, what, what my, and the things to really manage and being mindful is our thoughts, speech, beliefs, actions, and attitudes and observing our thoughts, speech, beliefs, actions, and attitudes. And as we become aware of, you know, what are we saying? What are we thinking all day long? What are we saying all day long? What is my belief about that? And becoming aware of that, we, in our awareness, in my awareness of it, I can have some semblance of choice versus just being a mechanical, you know, in, in the mechanical mind of reaction. So even, even things like, you know, I, I, this sounds kind of funny, but like I'll, I'll hurt myself and like I slam my finger in the door and I've come to be able to practice of like, okay, observing the pain, breathing in and breathing out versus just like, ah, you know, like, you know, and again, it's just, it's just, it's just something that forever has, you know, been an inclined practice over, over many, many years of just being aware of my reactions. Or if my wife tells me to do something and then I can tell she wants me to do it faster, you know, just like, you know, taking a breath and going, okay, I have a choice in how I respond to her. And I can, you know, I can go kind of the quick, like just say, yeah, I'm on it. Or I can like really breathe in and get present to get present to my reaction, my, my experience of domination or like avoidance or, and I can come back to the present moment and acknowledge, I can hear that you want me to do that right now. Either I can fulfill upon that or can you give me three more minutes to finish what I'm doing? Oftentimes we go out of, you know, it's interesting because having a kid who's learning to talk and as parents, you say, you know, use your words, use your words, right? Nah, nah, use your words. And, and then, and then as we get older, you know, and then we, in relationship, we're like, Hey, do that. And we're like, 
we just kind of go quiet, like, oh, yeah, huh, yeah, huh, mm. And it's like, use your words. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, you know, sometimes I remind myself, I'm like, oh, yeah, my husband can't read my mind. Totally. Melissa, just ask for what I need in this moment. It's so true. And we say it to Leo all the time. I'm like, use your words. And then that is such a good reminder. Like, I don't always use my words. (laughs) That's right. I've actually never, until this podcast, I've never made that, that connection of, like, as adults, in relationship when we're like kind of jousting and being dominated or irritated by each other, there's like totally like, oh, let's use our words. And I, and I, I in, in, in a certain way, like I've like, okay, I'm going to use my words and get present and either make a request or ask for some more time or say, I can't fulfill upon that right now. But even just that, that simple connection of use your words is actually a great, a, a great tool to, to integrate for those that are have the relationship of parenting as well as having the relationship with, you know, adult or partnership relationships where we find ourselves, you know, in that kind of a little energetic fight or resistance around each other's needs or each other's desires or wants of how they want something to go. And we can use our words to express, you know, what we can and can't fulfill upon. So yeah, I would say, yeah, back to really being conscious of my moods and identifying, you know, where is my mood coming from? What is giving me my mood? And that oftentimes what's giving us our mood is the future that we're living into. If we feel like despair or we feel it's because there's some future that we're we're living into that's giving us those, you know, that. So when we can investigate, you know, that mood, investigate where that mood's coming from, we can start to see that we're not trapped by it and that mood is not fixed. So, you know, I I would say that, you know, one of the things, one of the skills that I've garnered over many years is, yeah, just that ability to be aware of my thoughts, speech, beliefs, actions, and attitudes and be managing that who I'm being in the world is dictated by those five things. And I want to, you know, I want to be you know, my, my commitment is to being loving. I have a tattoo on my arm that says, be love. And that's my commitment to being a presence of love in the world. And so that's another, another way that another practice is like, I've committed my, my committed, my, my standard commitment is that I'm a being a loving human being. And so then I I notice when I'm not that, so I, I get to be very clear on, oh, I'm being contrary or contradictory to, the, to my commitment, which then allows me to sure myself back up to that commitment. It's like, uh, you know, finding I have a calling. I, I created a calling and my calling is people being inspired by their, the indwelling presence of love. And I, my, my commitment is to that, you know, really connecting to that I'm the source of love that I'm looking for in my life. And that, you know, when I'm, when I can see that I'm seeking fulfillment or love or adoration from the external, I can, I become, oh, I'm aware of that because I've made a commitment. My North Star is really that love is an indwelling presence. And my calling is that people get that love is an indwelling presence. And the way they get that is through me embodying that and, and, and demonstrating that and being a presence of that. Mm, beautiful. 
I love that. That's so beautiful. If I was to get a tattoo, it would say be love. 10 years ago in 2010, I wanted to get a tattoo with a girlfriend and it was going to say be love. No way. I swear. I swear to you. And we drew it like in this beautiful handwriting and there was a love heart through it. I have to try and find it because it's so beautiful. So that's amazing. That's hilarious that we both on the same wavelength there. So I'd love to switch gears now, and I've got three rapid-fire questions for you. Are you ready? Okay. Yes. Okay. So what's one thing that we can do today for our health? Just one thing that everyone can do. Mm, One thing that you can do for your health is being aware that you are a living, breathing human being, and you can take one conscious breath every day. So let's do that right now. Let's let's do that. Let's let's be aware of wow, we get to inhale oxygen that was given to us from plants, grasses and trees and we get to inhale that into our lungs. Oh, and we get to that oxygen then gets to go into our bloodstream and bring life and vitality. And then we get to exhale that And yeah, to just that we can, that literally the the one thing that I've been doing, I think differently since COVID is I'm taking more conscious, aware breaths outside of yoga class, outside of, you know, any meditate, just like I'm going down the street and I feel a breeze or I'm just like, okay, I'm going to get present and take a breath right now. (sighs) Ah. Yes. Ah, so good. Ah, feels so good. It feels so good. Like, and so easy and so quick. And like, often I'll catch myself and I'm like, Melissa, you weren't even breathing just that. Like, where were you? Like, you just, this shallow breathing. So totally agree for your health, for your nervous system, for your immune system, breathe deeply, 100%. Okay, the next one, what is one thing that we can do for more wealth in our life? So more abundance in all areas of our life. Do mm. you know what just came through? What's that? Mm. Give away what you're not relishing. Oh, okay. Give examples. Make space in your life. We are there in, in nature. There's no vacuums. So unless we're making space in our lives. So I, I like to play this game where if someone comes up and they love the shirt that I'm wearing more than I love it, I take it off and I give it to them. Yeah, that is so beautiful. I used to have this really cool fedora hat that I thought was like, it was the thing that made my identity. (laughs) And like, you know, someone was like, I love your hat. And I was like, you know what? Boom. And just, you know, the, the, the act of giving something away creates an open hand for us to receive. And really, so, you know, again, practice giving things away and allow that to be the initiation of your receptivity for receiving. I love that so much. It's so beautiful. I want to give this as a bit of homework to everyone listening to next time someone compliments something, whether it's a shirt or your shoes or a hat or whatever, just take it off and give it to them. I have actually seen two girlfriends do this. We were at an event 
And one of them said, oh my gosh, I love your coat. And she literally took it off and gave it to her. And I was like, what? Like, I should have said that. (laughs) Yeah. Radical generosity. There's almost nothing that feels so good. Like to just, oh, it's such, it's such a a, a gift to, to, to give, give it away. And, and like, there's an attachment that we won't have enough, but that's actually the fear and scarcity that is pervasive in our culture, no matter how much you have. The experience of fear and scarcity is, you know, that we won't have enough and we can actually lean on the universe is enoughness by practicing giving things away actively. Mm. My house, for those of you who've seen photos of my house online or ever been here, you'll know that we live very simply. We're minimalists. We don't like a lot of stuff, like we live clutter-free. So I'm constantly like cleaning out my cupboards and things like that. So almost every single time I see one of my girlfriends, I rock up with a bag of perfectly good condition clothes, shoes. The other day I dropped off a whole box of clothes and my girlfriend's like, have these even been worn? Like, you know, and I don't do it to get any praise. Like I literally do it because I just want to create that space and I know that they will love it as well. So you know, my my mom used to never go to someone else's house without taking some food or something. And that's something that had really inspired me. So every time I go to someone's house, I'm like, hey, I found these shorts and I thought they'd look really cute on you. And they're like, wow, they're so cute. So just little things like that, that go such a long way. Or whether it's, you know, you bake some extra muffins and you give them to them. It's something so small that makes such a big difference. Yeah, this is this is actually I'm I'm gonna add to your homework, and that is it's called soup for your neighbor. So we're in quarantine, we're making food, make a big batch of soup that you can eat for a few days at your house, and make a little you know quart container, put a little love note on it, put it on your neighbor's doorstep, ring the doorbell, put a little love note that says, "I love you." Pass it on, and uh, hashtag soup for your neighbor. It's a really, really sweet way that we can create, you know, this experience of connection and love and togetherness when we're in quarantine. I love that. So beautiful. I've had lots of friends drop things to my house. It was my birthday this week too. So I got lots of desserts and raw organic vegan brownies and things like that. It was the best. I love that. We'll definitely do that as well. And the last one of our little rapid fire, which definitely wasn't rapid fire, but that's okay. <laughs> what is one thing that we can do for more love in our life? Mm, 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 mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The, again, what, what's, what's coming is look people in the eyes and tell them that you love them because we don't know how long this life will go on and we don't know, you know, what tomorrow or next week brings. And I would say that most of us at funerals talk about how I wish we would have expressed more love for the people in our lives. And so, you know, one, one practice that I have with my wife is I'll just, I'll catch myself in my busyness and I'll just tune in and bring my eyes into her eyes and I'll say, you know how much I love you? And yeah, it's, it's, it's beautiful, you know, just leaning in, making eye contact and saying, I love you. And so simple. So simple. It's so simple. 
Yeah. So beautiful. That's so gorgeous. And 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 another one. Here's here's a, a a more funny, playful one. One time, I had like thousands of text messages that I wanted to clean out, and it was everything from like lawyers to business people to you know. And I went through and deleted all the text messages. But I just said, "I love you." Pass it on before I deleted the thread to everyone in the in the chain, and it was awesome. I love you. Pass it on because people get freaked out when you say I love you, and if, if there's not like, well, what do you mean by that? So when you can say I love you, pass it on. It totally unhinges that there's any expectation. So that's that's another just sweet message that in like public setting or with people that you don't know as well, where it's kind of like weird or what do you mean by you love me? When you can say I love you, whether it's a note or verbally communicating it. I love you. Pass it on. That is so sweet. And it reminds me of like my childhood because we used to do those sorts of games when I was a child, like, yeah, pass it on, pass it on. And it's like, we don't do that anymore. Let's bring that play back into our adult life. I think that's so sweet. Love it. Totally. This has been awesome so far. I have one more question for you. Is there anything else that you want to share? Is there any last parting words of wisdom or anything that you wanted to talk about that's really present for you that I didn't get to ask you about? No, I think I feel I feel I feel great. I feel complete. I feel you know we danced all over the board in in, in lots of different uh, little uh, ways, but I feel like yeah we got to get the essence of what 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 was there in my heart to share, and yeah I'll I'll just end with. The, the, roomy, the roomy poem, I'll end with two roomy poems that have kind of been the guiding narratives or the directives for my life. And the first one is, start some big foolish project like Noah. So Cafe Gratitude and Kiss the Ground are big foolish projects and, you know, foolish in that bold and you know, they hopefully will ripple past our lifetimes and they're, they're taking on things that are bigger than just us. And then the second one is let the beauty you love be all that you do. There are hundreds of ways to kneel and kiss the ground. Ah, goosebumps. (laughs) What? Oh my God. I think you said that to me when I was last in LA and I was just like, what? That's where, is that where you got it from? That's where, that's where the name comes from. Yeah. It's another Rumi quote. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Thanks for this sweet conversation and delightful energy. And it was great to meet you. And uh, yeah, thanks for the invitation of sharing. Oh, you're so welcome. You are such a light beam. I love our conversations. We go deep. And there's so many things that I, other things I wanted to chat to you about, you know, but we could, we'll have to get you back on for another time. I love what you're doing. I think what you have created is so beautiful and important and special. You are truly a man of service. When we met in LA in person a few months ago, you literally invited us to your house. You gave my husband a jacket. <laughs> we, I, I laugh about that because I realized I was like, 
That was kind of an ugly snowboard jacket. He was going to New York on like a, a cool trip. And I like gave this kind of old Burton checker jacket. I was like, you know, I really, when I invited, I was like, yeah, I got a, I got a truffle, a duffel bag of, you know, winter clothes. <laughs> and then I, I laughed about it with Carrie and Amber. Like <laughs> I brought, I got, I, I mean, it was really well attended, but it, it was kind of like a, a funny jacket to go to New York city with. Uh, but it was funny. <laughs> but you know, that is you. Like, that, it doesn't even matter what it looks like, but that is you. Like, you just met us in person and you invited us to your house and you gave my husband clothes to, to take to New York because we didn't have enough winter clothes. And you just are such a beautiful person. You are of service and you can feel that. And everything you do is to help others. And I want to know what I and the listeners can do to serve you. How can we give back to you today? It's funny. I I just um, I'm 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 moved. I I have like tears well up in my eyes from your acknowledgement. Thank you. Let's see. You know, uh, really, I, I've just stepped into the role of the executive director for Kiss the Ground, so that's my full time job, and it will probably be the most difficult year in the history of the world to run a nonprofit because you know money will be very scarce, and we just opened up our membership program. People can become members of Kiss the Ground and you get discounts and you get one free or discounted courses to our programs online. But if people could become members of Kiss the Ground, you know, that would help our organization and me, you know, continue the work that we're doing. And, you know, that would make the biggest difference. And it, you know, can be $5 a month. It could be even $1 a month, but, you know, you know, more than more the merrier and really tune in to the work that we're doing with Kiss the Ground and really join us in this call of regeneration and that we are here at a moment when we can hear this call and really have the next 25 years of life be extraordinary on this planet if we take the right action. And so I would love people to join me in that mission. Yeah, it's beautiful. We will definitely link to all of that in the show notes. And I think it's so important, the work that you're doing. So thank you so much for being here, for sharing, for all the work that you do, for your big heart and for being in mine and Nick's life. We're very grateful to have come across you and your beautiful family. So thank you so much. Mm, You're welcome. Thank you. I look forward to Yeah, speaking again soon. When you come back to LA, we can have some social togetherness. And yeah, we'll definitely be in touch. Thank you so much. I can't wait. All right, bye-bye. Such an epic conversation. And I really do hope that you feel inspired to make some shifts within your own home and within your own life because the little things that you do each day add up to big results. And please don't think, oh, I won't make a difference. Yes, you will make a difference. What you do in your home will make a difference. So please take these small little action steps each day to really do your part. That's what we're all here to do. So I hope you got a lot out of today's episode. If you did, please subscribe and leave me a review in iTunes or on your podcast app because that means that we can inspire and educate even more people together. And it also means that you could potentially be the review of the week for next week, which is pretty awesome. And don't forget, if you have left me a review, to email it to hello at melissaambrosini.com. And as a thank you gift, I want to send you my Wildly Wealthy Guided Meditation. 
Come and follow me on Instagram at Melissa Ambrosini and tell me your top key takeaways from this episode. I love reading them all. Please come and tell me what you got out of this episode. It's so powerful when you listen to a podcast or you read a book and you write down your key takeaways. It helps you implement what you have learned and embody what you have learned even more. There's no point just reading a book or listening to a podcast and going, oh, that was great. What was great about it? What did you learn? What did you take away from it? So this is a really important step. This is why I get you guys to do it because I want you to embed whatever it is that you have learned or realized and embody it in your own life. So please come and tell me your top key takeaways from this episode in the Instagram post. And for everything that we mentioned in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes and that's over at melissarambrosini.com forward slash 301. And you can also listen to all my other podcasts there too. And before I go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here, for choosing to spend some time with me. I am truly grateful and honored. I wish you could all come over to my house and we could do this in real life. Like how fun would that be? That would be so fun. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for choosing to spend time with me. I'm so grateful and so honored. And I just want to honor you for wanting to be the best, the healthiest, and the happiest version of yourself and for showing up today for you. You rock. Now, if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode, please share it with them right now. You can take a screenshot, share it on your social media, email it to them, text it to them, do whatever you've got to do to get this in their ears. And I just wanted to say thank you so much for everyone who reshares my podcast on their social media, especially on Instagram. I screenshot them all. I love seeing where you guys listen to my podcast and your key takeaways. I just love it so much. So please keep doing that. I'm so grateful. I just love seeing them so much. So please keep sharing them. And until next time, don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word.